All right, guys, welcome to the first ever Ducks Across the Pond podcast. I'm Matt. I love the Red Sox. I've been playing for 12 years now. Uh, and I play the infield for the uh, Lancashire Legends. You know, what's up? Uh, I'm Alex, uh, part of the team, you know. Um, I play pitcher and infield for the Lancashire Legends as well as Matt. Big Dodgers fan, going to take home the ring this year. It's a long time coming, but uh, we're going to do it. So stay tuned for more podcasts. And yeah. Gutsy. Yeah, we'll see. Um, what's up, everyone? I'm Aiden, uh, Giants fan. I am a catcher infielder for the London Mets, and I've been playing for 16 years now. So should uh, should all be going good, hopefully. Hopefully this will turn out good. Hi guys, I, I'm Ren. Uh, like Matt and Alex, I'm play for the Lancashire Legends. I'm an outfielder. Uh, like Aiden, I'm a Giants fan, and uh, yeah, really excited to get started with this. Now we have the absolute honour in the first podcast to be the recipients of a guest in the form of Drew Spencer. How you doing, Drew? I'm great. Thanks for having me, guys. It's a, it's an honor to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. I think, is this your first sort of, I say media appearance, but is this your first media appearance as a Great Britain national team head coach? Yeah, in fact, it is. Yeah, I think I've done a couple of interviews for written pieces that haven't come out yet. So, yeah, you guys are the first ones to uh, to get me uh, talking and, and, and recorded and on video and stuff. Nice, nice. So there we go. To be here. Thank there you. we go. Very good. Ryan, I know you have a few questions for Drew. Yeah, so, so we we thought we'd just started off with a, a little quick fire round. Uh, this week, fittingly named "Who's Drew." Uh, so, a few <laughs> kind of questions just to get us started. Um, all right, number one: bat flips, Drew. Uh, love them or hate them? I'm a big fan of bat flips, man. It makes the game exciting, it's, and it's it's really good. Fantastic. Not something, I think, uh, not something anybody would want, not something any of my coaches would have been happy with when I played, but uh, it's definitely a cool thing to do. All right, we're in good company then. Um, would you rather rob a homer or throw someone out the plate to win the game? Ooh. Man, I'll tell you what, I used to gun a few people down in my day from center field, and it's still one of my favorite feelings is just that don't ever try to run on me vibe. Nice. Fantastic. If you had to delete uh, all social media except one, which one would you choose to keep? Twitter, without a question. Yeah. Awesome. And That's where what, baseball is. Yeah. Yeah, no, not yeah. wrong. Not wrong at all. No. Uh, and just the final one for this little bit, we'll come back to a few more later, but uh, coffee or tea? Oh, definitely coffee. I don't understand Fantastic. tea. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Ooh, don't understand it. Strong statement. <laughs> Especially in the UK. <laughs> yeah, Got to tell it like it is, right? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Honestly. It's the whole point. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, obviously this is your first appearance on a podcast since the news, you know, of you becoming GB national team head coach. What, like, yeah. can could you tell us what it felt like, you know, that, you know, having that phone call, say, or email, to say, you know, you are now GB national team head coach. How did that feel? It's pretty awesome. Um, 
I mean, I have to say, like, you know, transitioning from player to a coach, which is something I did. Well, my playing day stopped a long time ago, but then coming into becoming a coach is, is something, it's, it's a big shift in mindset. And it wasn't even something I have to say, like when I first started that I was sure I wanted to do, um, you know, but once I got into it, you know, I really, really fell in love with coaching, really love working with players and building relationships and getting to know people. Um, and, you know, never imagined in a million years that, you know, something like this would happen. So, you know, as I got into the GB program and had the U23 role and, you know, started having conversations with people about succession, you know, the idea that, you know, if you're the U23 head coach, it's not a guarantee, but you're certainly going to be one of the people that they're thinking about um, for, you know, the, the big skipper's job, if it ever becomes available. So, you know, it was definitely, it was, it was kind of a really, really exciting moment to find out that, you know, um, in, you know, after Liam's resignation, that it would be something that came to me. Um, I got really excited, although I have to say it was also is a little bit, there's a part of it that was a bit bittersweet and a bit of a shock um, yeah. because I get along really well with Liam. You know, he's a fantastic guy. And even in my, you know, from, from before I was with the London Mets, when I was a coach at London Sports, you know, Liam used to come over and talk to me and we built a relationship. He was always like really selfless, always trying to make me better, you know, always, uh, you know, not only a, a great coach and mentor, but a really good friend. So it was kind of a bittersweet moment to hear that, you know, Liam was moving on and uh, that, you know, that I was going to get that role. So I, that kind of two things went through my head. Number one was, you know, God, I want to call Liam and talk to him and, you know, hear how, you know, hear how he's doing and, and, and you know, find out more about, you know, his decision and what that might mean for us. Um, and, 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 you know, hope we're still friends, you know, I hope that we'll, we'll, you know, we'll still be able to get along and everything now that I'm doing the job that he, you know, that he vacated, but then, you know, also quite quickly into, you know, this is an exciting chance to do something big, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I don't think you can love this game and not, you know, look at an opportunity like this and be excited. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. I know three of us have been on teams that you've coached, so. I think we can yeah. all vouch for the fact that you are, you know, the right man for the job. Definitely and, worthy. Um, yeah. 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 I appreciate that. Thank you. I, think, I mean, you know, it's, it's... go ahead, eh? All right. Yeah. I think um, so far the resume that you've built with, you know, any of the teams that you've coached, I think your experience and your knowledge has brought you forward to make you more available for coaching positions like this. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I mean, the thing about it is, is there's, you know, there's, there's tons of experienced coaches out there and, you know, there's people you could probably point to who have more experience than me and people who have less experience. I think what you find is, you know, sometimes it's just your time, you know? And so for me, it was, you know, it was, it's as much timing as it is anything else. Um, and, and, you know, you, um, uh, coach Cramman, you guys know, so he has, he has a saying, he says a lot sometimes, like, I'd rather be lucky than good. Uh, so there's a little, little bit of this that was that was definitely luck and just right place, right time, you know, as well as some of the work I've put into, you know, to be, you know, to get to a level where I could get considered for a job like this. Mm -hmm. I like yeah. that. I I noticed that uh, nice new uh, jacket you got on there. Yeah, are we uh, uh, looking at Evo Shield as a new sponsor? Uh, I don't think we're looking at Evo Shield as a new sponsor. I think that we're friends with Evo, um, and uh, oh. you know. You know, I think, again, when you look at the Great Britain baseball family around the world, um, there are some pretty experienced coaches and players who've been in the professional ranks and, you know, uh, who have relationships with, with stuff like this. So what you're looking at is, is something that was going to be part of the uh, team equipment for the, the World Baseball Classic this year, um, if it hadn't been canceled. 
these are hitting shirts that the the team and the coaching staff would have been wearing. Nice. Yeah. Um, so obviously, uh, you went to Dartmouth uh, as a college uh, college yeah. guy, and you were very good there. Uh, you still ranked top ten in uh, most of the major most of the major hitting stat categories, yeah. which I mean is amazing. Uh, but what was it actually like uh, playing at a top tier university in America? It was great. Um, you know, it was definitely a dream come true. You know, I think coming up in Southern California, um, if especially if you're someone who's kind of playing in travel teams or making your high school team, you kind of expect to get to go on and play somewhere. If it doesn't happen for you, it can be really disappointing. You know, and in fact, I, you know, I, I had my sight set on some some programs that have even bigger names um, than Dartmouth and, you know, had a few letters from schools like that. But as you know, as with everybody, you know, the game tells you, you know, just how far you get to go. So, uh, you know, Dartmouth was the place for me. I knew the minute I went on a recruiting trip um, and, and just, you know, spent some time around the guys and, and saw the campus and saw, you know, saw what the program was about, that it was where I wanted to be. The interesting thing is I was recruited to be a pitcher. Um, so, I, yeah, I was supposed to pitch. I was a left-handed pitcher. And, and the summer before my senior year of high school, I threw out my shoulder and um, didn't say anything to Coach Whalen about it, So, uh, which is definitely not something I would advise. But uh, I showed up to the first practice of, of fall of my freshman year. Uh, you, you're allowed 12. In those days, you were allowed 12 workouts, according to NCAA rules in the fall. Um, so first practice coach said, all right, all the position players, I want you guys to head up down to home plate and get ready for BP and all the pitchers to the bullpen. And uh, I took a jog to home plate and he shouted, Spencer, where are you going? And I said, I'm going to go hit coach. He said, this is college, man. You don't hit anymore. You're a pitcher um, over here to the bullpen. And I went, ah, oh, well, see the coach. The thing is uh, I got this thing with my shoulder and he just looked at me like, what, you know, like I'm his left-handed pitching recruit from Southern California um, so he, I mean, he gave me this look that I, to this day, I still remember. And I, it, it, the, the look in his face said, you're cut. You know, it was just like, it was just like, fine, go hit, you know, whatever, go hit. So I went down and, you know, I think I, I knew I was taking swings for my life that day. So it was just, you know, I was, t you know, hitting BP and a few upperclassmen came up to me after it was like, damn, you know, you, you, you were swinging it all right there. And so I, I bought myself a little bit of life. Uh, you know, having a good round of BP that day, just kept working hard and uh, found my way um, when we went out to, we went out to Seattle that year um, for our spring trip. So my first ever college game was in the kingdom. Um, I got to, and, and you know, at just about three days before we left, coach told me I was going to be starting uh, hitting leadoff. So I started out hitting leadoff and playing center field where Ken Griffey Jr. stood, who was my hero. Um, you know, I was standing out, I was standing out there and got to take my first college AB in a major league stadium. Um, which, which was pretty sweet. And, you know, probably, you know, it, that it was great then. And then, you know, the next four years was just a, a really, really awesome time. You know, you look back and I don't remember the baseball as much as, as I remember my teammates. And I remember, you know, some, some critical games and some of the lessons we learned about fighting back, uh, being down a few games or, you know, trying to take, trying to take a weekend series against Yale, um, you know, to make sure that we stayed in contention and just kind of what some of that meant to us as players. It was, it was a really, really awesome time. And, uh, you know, definitely some of the, the best years of my life. Uh, sounds, sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. Like Deacon said, you played, um, played in Dartmouth and you just talked about that a little bit, but uh, what was it like going down and playing for the Cape Cod league? 
that was a dream come true, man. I mean, so the funny thing is that, so Coach Whalen, he, when he was recruiting me, because he was the head coach of the, the Chatham team. They used to be called the Chatham A's, but um, I know most of the teams in the Cape League changed their names, I think 10 or 15 years ago, um, because uh, Major League Baseball made them change. Anybody who had a name that matched an MLB team's name, uh, the Cape League had to change it. I don't, I don't really know why, but it's a great shame. But my coach was the head coach in Chatham. So when he was recruiting me, he was saying, you know, hey, I got connections in the Cape. Maybe, um, you know, if you're good enough, uh, after two or three years, I can get you a summer in the Cape. So I was like, you know, great. Um, I had a pretty good year, my freshman year in college. Um, you know, I think I was uh, second or third on the team in average and, you know, led the team in hits and, you know, stole some bases, had some RBI. So I got invited to play in a, and an all-star game uh, for all the like New England colleges at the end of my freshman year, it was at Fenway Park. Um, so um, it was the best of D1 against the combined team, which was the best of D2 and D3. Uh, so, you know, took BP at Fenway, uh, played two or three innings uh, in center field at, at Fenway Park. Uh, all my college games weren't in a major league stadiums, by the way. We, all, we definitely played in some terrible grounds as well. But, um, but you know, got to play at Fenway. And uh, after the game, this guy wearing a red hat just kind of points to me and, you know, gives me a wave and tells me to come over. And, you know, he says, oh, you heard of the Cape League? I was like, you kidding? You know, uh, of course I heard of the Cape League. And he says, yeah, well, um, so I represent the Orleans Cardinals. They're now the Firebirds. But he said, I represent the Orleans Cardinals. And we got a guy who goes to Wright State. Um, their final exams are a few weeks after everybody else's. So we need an outfielder just for a couple of weeks. Like, do you want to come out and play? I was like, kidding called my dad hey dad you know you gotta delay my flight uh, I'm not going to be flying home I had a flight out of Boston back to California and I had a summer league set up back home and a job and everything else and I was like I'm going to go to the Cape for two weeks um, and so I went to go play you know it was just a replacement player basically um, you know impressed the coach hustled got in the lineup a couple times um, I don't think they were really expecting me to play like the guy in right field was the starting was like a player for Stanford and the guy in the left field, the guy in left field was like from Stetson University. We had another guy from Purdue. Um, they were definitely teasing me about being the Ivy League guy. And um, our first baseman was Todd Helton. Um, and um, quick name drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. Here, yeah. here and there. Was, I, it's still, I, it, I'm still like blown away by it. I'm still yeah. rattled today, let alone, uh, let alone, you know, in those days. But um, the guy I was supposed to, the guy who was I, I was replacing was a guy named Doug Lowe. Uh, who was an outfielder for Wright State, who uh, unfortunately didn't do very well in his final exams. And uh, he had to stay at Wright State for the summer um, to, you know, to, because of eligibility, he needed to now take some classes in the summer and get good grades so that he would be eligible to play for Wright State the following spring. So I just, after two weeks, the coach comes over and goes, hey, you want to stay for the summer? Um, and I got to stay and it was, it was, I mean, it was an amazing experience, you know, it was, you know flat crowd of crowds of three to 5,000 people every night in this like gorgeous stadium called Eldridge Field, which is in Orleans. It was in Sports Illustrated magazine as like one of the 10 best places to watch a baseball game in America. Uh, it was an absolute dream. You know, you got the, the whole town. Eldridge was a special place because people would come out in the morning and set up lawn chairs and oh. then go to work. And nobody would mess with them. Like, you know, definitely not London, right? Like, you, you <laughs> set your chairs up, set your blankets out and everything. Yeah. And people come early and set everything up. And then they go to work for the day. And then they come back for a night game. And you just had the whole town. The energy was crazy because people knew. I mean, you know, the family I stayed with during that temporary period, Frank Thomas had stayed with them. Uh, 
you know, Nomar Garcia Parra had stayed at their house, you know, the year before, the year before me, you know, that they, they had a guy, an outfielder named Jay Payton, who played for the Mets for a few years. Um, you know, it was just everywhere you looked, um, were these absolute rock stars, you know, and, and, yeah. uh, and I'm there. It was, it was incredible, you know, and, and I'll say the last thing I'll say, you know, is like watching Todd Helton take batting practice. He was, he was drafted that year. So he was, I think he was taken sixth or seventh overall in the first round. Um, and he came to the Cape basically because the signing bonus he was offered, or at least this was the rumor. Um, so Todd, if you're listening and I'm telling a lot of because I'm sure he's going to be tuning into your podcast, guys. But, yeah, you um, got to hope. Amen. Yeah, but, but, you know, but but the rumor was that, you know, he hadn't been offered the signing bonus that he and his agent thought he was worth. So he'd come down to the Cape and just rake against the best players in the country and prove that he was worth however many more millions he wanted. So, so you know, you watch Todd Helton take – I watch him take BP, and, uh, and that was when I realized the difference between me and a first-rounder. You know, I thought up until then I thought I was a pretty good ball player, and then I watched Todd Held, and I was like, "Oh, okay, like I'm I'm here, I'm in the Cape. Don't get me wrong, like I've earned a place to be here, and I definitely still think I have a shot in baseball." But I I I understand, you know, what why yeah. Todd Helton's a first rounder when I watched him when I watched him take swings. All right, that's funny because you said you you know you you felt like you earned a spot being down there. I was going to ask if you if you thought you had anything to prove while you were playing down there. Oh, definitely. First of all, because I mean, you got to remember, like, so this is 1994, you know, it was a little bit, a little while ago. And uh, a couple of things like these days, Juco players, like have a lot more respect, right? In those days, if you went to like a Juco, you got a bit of, you know, you got a bit of a hard time for that. If you were a D3 guy or an NAIA guy, you got a little bit of a hard time for that, right? So Dartmouth was D1, but it's Ivy League D1. So if you tell somebody you went to Dartmouth, oh, you know, the difference was that our schedule was like 35 games a season, you know, maybe 40 because of weather. It's like, it's like British baseball. It's cold yeah. and wet and dark, right? So you just don't get to play as much. Um, so, you know, um, whereas if you went to somewhere like Florida International University, which was where our head coach was from, they play 85 games a year. 17 of them were on ESPN. Um, you know, they're traveling on a plane on a Wednesday to go play a weekend series, you know, and so we didn't quite have the respect being like, if you were like an Ivy League guy or someone from New England, I mean, you know, Mike Trout's story, right? He's from New Jersey. So they picked him 25th. Um, you know, it was just that idea that like, well, you're from somewhere where baseball is not very good or where it's not, it's not as good. So I always felt like being an Ivy League guy um, that I needed to prove to everybody else that I deserved to be there. And, and I, I mean, I've always been someone that's like, uh, underestimate me. I love it. You know, bring it on. If you don't, if you don't think that, uh, if you don't think that I'm, I'm deserving to be here, that motivates me to work twice as hard. Great. I can respect that. Yeah. That's how you got to be, man. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but it's a month to the day that you were announced as the head coach, by the way. Um, yeah. Uh, so... What are you most excited about? You know, that the since since you know since it was announced, what are you most excited? What have you learned that is most excited you about the GB national team? So a couple things. I mean, first of all, being the U23 manager, I got a chance to work with a lot of guys I know. Mm. Um, you know, I got to work with players like Juan Diaz and Miguel Rodriguez. You know, um, Jamie Dix. Yeah. You know, uh, we, we would have had Rory Chandler if it weren't for his injury. 
So, you know, I was looking around and half of our team, you know, you got some guys that came over from the States, but, or from Canada, but I was also just dealing with a lot of players I know. Like with the seniors team, as you guys know, you don't see as many uh, at the moment on the roster, you don't see as many guys that maybe come up and out of our leagues here in Britain. And so one of the things I was really keen to do was to build a more of a connection it was an idea in my head that what we got to do is, is bring this program together more. Um, and, and that wasn't necessarily a criticism of anybody else and how they've done it in the past. But I just know from, from well, Dartmouth, using Dartmouth as an example, or the Orleans Cardinals, it's families, right? Like I know that, you know, hey, I, I don't exactly pick up the phone and call Todd Helton every other week and say, what's up? But if I meet somebody or talk to another guy um, who's from the Cardinals, it means something. You know, Andy Tracy, who was another guy? He was a he was another guy who played for that for that team that summer. He's now currently that he just got announced as the AAA manager for the Columbus Clippers, which are I think the are they the Twins AAA team? I think they're the Twins AAA team, right? So he just got announced as the head coach of that, and we talked. You know, like I hit him up, hey, congratulations, man, that's awesome, and we remember each other, and it means something to be part of the the Firebirds family. It means something to be part of Dartmouth baseball, and. You know, I know all of you guys here, you know, um, have either been um, and, and tried to make a GB team or have been on a GB team. And you can see that it means something, right? This yeah. having this, having this is special, right? Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and I thought it was weird in some respects that guys like Michael Roth or Jordan Serena, you know, uh, who, or, you know, or even Brad Marcelino, who's a life, lifetime GB guy, British Baseball Hall of Famer, and, and also the bench coach, that they didn't, that they don't know Alex Deacon, you know, that, 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 that they don't know, you know, Django Hendrickson, you know, that they don't, that they don't know who Aiden Pierce is as much as they should, you know, or Matt Moran, or, you know, any of you guys, like these are, you guys are up and coming talent in the program. And these guys, the, that connection doesn't exist. So one of the things I really wanted to do was to build that. And what was awesome was when I started calling some of the guys in the seniors team, you were hearing them say that, like, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, that's, uh, uh, you know, I want to know these guys. I want to, I want to pass on what I know to them. And, 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 you know, and they were kind of like, I've always thought it was a bit odd that we didn't know the guys in country a bit more than we do. So for me, that's an opportunity, like right away, something to fix and, and you know, and, and been really excited about building that connection up. And I mean, some of you guys were on a call earlier today, which is one of those steps of like connecting people who have had a history with us in our program. Um, Cause I think that'll make us all stronger. You know, we're all playing for something more. So that's one, that's one thing that's really important to me. And then, and then I think like the other thing that's been really important to me is, is which is connected to that is bringing the alumni back in and, and, and creating more of a connection with the GB alumni. Um, because to be fair, like it's, you know, talent, you can always have more talent, but talent isn't the issue, right? Like, you know, we got talented, hungry ball players in this country, um, you know, and, and we got actually, interestingly enough, you talk to the guys that aren't, that don't live here, that didn't grow up in Great Britain. You talk to a guy like Connor McGrath, who played for us in the U23s this year. He's got an American accent, he's from New Jersey but it means just as much to him to wear the lion as it does to any of you. And what's sad is that, you know, we, there's not enough of you guys don't all know each other as well. So, so connecting the alumni, connecting the players, um, building up that system, um, you know, and, and just giving people a sense that, you know, that, that playing for a country means more and, and should mean more um, is something I'm really, I'm really trying to build. I mean, as a player, I feel like it'll be, 
like it would be sick if we could get like um like i mean if there's like some tournaments in like the summer if we could straddle some of them uh with like a couple training sessions in a week at farnham or something and then you've got the guys who are in america either before or after their tournament they could just you know stop off if they can and come come over and we just have a massive gb training yeah. yeah. Well, what's awesome? What's awesome is, you know, I have these conversations with those guys over there, Alex, and they're asking me the same thing. Um, you know, so, you know, I think what's interesting is, you know, I mean, you guys heard it today talking to John Foster. Now, he didn't play for Great Britain, but he's he played in Great Britain and it means something to him to have a connection here. And, you know, that's a guy who's going, hey, I'll come over, you know, like I'll, I'll jump on Zoom and talk to your guys on a Sunday. But he's also like, oh, you know, fly me over. I'll do it. Can't you talk to Brad Marcelino, right? Like that guy's working with, you know, Manny Ramirez right now like that's who he's that's who he's you know Brad Mar- our hitting coach who is also a Great Britain baseball alumni and in the Great Britain Baseball Hall of Fame is training Manny, Mar- Manny Ramirez right like he's, he's working with multiple minor leaguers working with multiple major leagues he was Chris Bryant's college hitting coach like he worked with he worked with Chris Bryant in college right uh, Chris Bryant's he's all right at hitting you know yeah, he's uh, not bad. Not bad. Not bad. He's not bad. I mean, he's I decent. Out, he's decent. Yeah. <laughs> he's got, he's got you might get your, care, careful, man. You might get your chance. Hey, um, I'll throw him out. Okay. But but the thing is, is these you know you guys are asking that here, and and those guys are over there going, hey, how can I do more for GB? Like, what else can I give? You know, Chris Bursett. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a guy who's worn the Great Britain uniform, played has played pro ball. He's going, how can I do more? What what else can I do to help? So. You know, I don't really care how or why this stuff didn't happen in the past. I'm just going, hey, what can I do? Like, I feel like my job is is to get obstacles out of the way of progress, right? Like, let's yeah. let's just let's just whatever's slowing us down. I, it's not about talking about it. It's not about blaming anybody or looking back. It's just going, if that's stopping us from getting where we need to be, my job is to get that blocker out of the yeah. way. Well, that's okay. super interesting that uh, you cast some light onto that because I know, I mean, last year. I came down for a trial, what, in, in March? And, and that was the first kind of site of GB baseball that I'd ever seen. So uh, it was very much uh, throughout the summer, the various competitions for the different age groups and the, the senior uh, senior uh, tournament, the European Championships. So it was very much these these senior players were, it was, I was a fan for it. Uh, and I know Same. that Me too. the three of us, yeah, well, we all, we all players, we all look up to. And uh, having that kind of, the connection between the different levels would be, uh, I know something we'd all relish the opportunity to, to talk to these guys. But it's interesting having, so obviously having coached the under 23 level uh, with the London Mets as well, and now on the senior team, uh, you've had opportunities to coach at different levels, people at different stages on their baseball journey. Um, but I was wondering which, which baseball tools, I mean, people up and down their, their abilities from, rookies to um, the senior players who are way more established, uh, which tools do you think are the easiest and the most difficult uh, to coach of players all along that spectrum? So I guess, because obviously the best still need coaching, but which, what do they find tricky and what, what, is, what is it that's easiest to coach? Well, I'll tell you what, man. So the easiest thing to coach is the thing the player's most interested in learning. Right. Right. Um, and the hardest thing to coach is the thing that the player doesn't think they need to learn. Right. Or that they, so that honestly, like I, I can't, I can't put pinpoint one thing and say, this is the, what, I, this is my go-to because it's easier to teach versus something else. Right. Like 
every player you come across as a coach needs something different. Um, you got to take them on as individuals. Um, you know, so, hey, the fundamentals are important, right? But, you know, Ren, when we talk, we, you know, and you came down last year, we talked about you and I looked at some of the stuff in your throwing motion, you know, and that, those are the things I saw. And so we had some conversations about your throwing, you know, um, another coach would look at you and, and had a conversation with you about your swing. Um, and all of which are skills, they're tools that you have in the tool shed um, and, and potential that you have as a player, which are different things, different tools than what Alex has or what Aiden has or what Matt has, right? So, you know, it, it, it's difficult to say what's easier because I can talk to Aiden about something about throwing and he'll pick it up like that. Um, and then I'll talk to him about something about his swing and it might take him a little bit longer to work on. So it's, it, right. there's, there's no, no one thing that I could say is easiest. What's easiest is, is a player who's willing, you know, who's coachable and willing to listen. Um, you know, I've had players who, you know, had all the tools in the world, um, didn't want to learn the, the, the nuances of the game. And, and sometimes that's important. I've had players who didn't have all the tools in the world um, but we're really coachable on the mental side of things. And, and you can take a player who doesn't have, you know, the, the, the top skills in the world and make them a better player just on the mental side. You know, I think, you know, um, there's a player we had in the London Mets a few years back, Miguel Brezza. You know, Aiden, you'll remember Miguel. Like, you know, yeah. Miguel, Miguel was new to the game, sat in a pitching staff. He made our all-star team a couple times, but sat in a pitching staff with guys who were five or six years better than him. Or not better, sorry, five or six years more experienced than him. Um, but I worked with Miguel the whole first year and we worked on just confidence, you know, making, you know, have, like clear the mechanism, make a confident pitch. Even if you don't throw as hard as the next guy, you know, there were things about Miguel's delivery that made him tricky to hit. And, you know, and I'd hear all the other guys who'd been playing for a really long time, just going, God, what's, well, how does he throw? That's weird. I don't understand it. And, and I just watched him get swings and misses all day long. So I was like, awesome. You know what, Miguel, you don't have to throw like everybody else. You don't have to throw as hard as everybody else. You just have to believe in your stuff. And guess what he did? And, you know, and he'd get out there and get guys out. And he became a really viable player for us, even though, you know, somebody else probably would have looked at him and, and completely changed the way through. I was like, throw the way you throw, just be confident in it. You know, so it's, it's really hard to say what's the easiest thing to teach. So no, for sure. That's very interesting. More of a case-by-case -case basis than I suppose. You have to. I think, you know, when I came up, there was a right way to play. And there was a wrong way to play. And the guys that played the right way got chances and the guys that played the wrong way didn't. And these days, it, that's not the game anymore. It's, you know, every, you coach the individual, you know, it, it's, it's about the person first and then the player. Um, and, you know, what we got to do, we're, you know, we're, we're not all heading to the major leagues, guys. You know, we're, we're heading to European tournaments and, and we need to win European tournaments. And actually, you know, having guys with different, you know, with different things in their locker uh, gives you a much better chance to win. No, absolutely. That's really good. I guess that, and we can see it all the way up and uh, up up to the major league level with uh, the way the way that players are now. I mean, even a few years back, uh, how as what we started off with bat flips, how it's way more. You can bring your your personality to the game yeah. now. Oh yeah, um, yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, fantastic. Um, so we just got a couple a couple more questions, but I think uh, we're, keep them coming, man. It's great. Conscious about time, so we'll try and roll through them a little bit quicker. Okay. Um, so I've got one more just on uh, more uh, kind of a diverse, if, you, if your skill set in baseball is obviously so specific, but um, I've seen things on, on YouTube and all sorts of different uh, mediums that 
talk about other sports being really handy to baseball. Um, yeah. And at a young age, people playing multiple sports seem to be really helpful. Um, is there a specific sport that you think, uh, if you could ask your, um, the players on your team to play another sport uh, as well as baseball, is there a specific sport you think that is, would be really beneficial to develop baseball skills that isn't baseball? Um, good question. I think I don't have one or two that I would point to necessarily. I mean, I think there are things that develop athleticism, things that develop the lower half. Like I think tennis is a fantastic one to look at. Uh, for baseball because it's a lot about reactions and it's a lot about you know so much about tennis is about getting your feet into positions to make an athletic move which is a which is a rotation based move um and and so i love the idea of like you know with tennis so much of it is about your footwork which is really good for baseball um i mean i think things like basketball or you know football and I, by that i mean soccer um you know because I call it football. Now I've, li I've yeah, lived here yeah. long enough. I've lived here long enough. It's football, but um, the right way. No. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I won't start that one. I've already dissed tea tonight. But um, <laughs> but, um, but but you know, look, I, I think some of those are quite interesting. But then but then again, you know what, guys? Like for me, the most important thing to develop is competitiveness right? Competitive spirit, right? So to me, it's, you know, find a sport that there's somebody you can battle against um, and, and go head to head and, 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 you know, and they're not easy to beat, you know, that it's going to take a fight to beat and, and do that, right? Because, you know, that's like more than anything, whatever sport you're doing is going to build athleticism, but something that's going to, that's going to bring out the fire in your belly a bit and make you want to compete. That's the one I want to see. Um, Cause I think, you know, we need to be more competitive. Yeah, everybody's a, everybody loves a fighter. Yeah. I think, I think every single sport needs fighters. Yeah. And, you know, the more uh, you just think about it, it's like the more times you can be in situations where you have to have a positive response to a negative outcome, right? Whether that's getting punched in the face and you got to fight back or whether that's, you know, um, somebody who's, you know, if it's basketball, <laughs> they're, 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 you know, they got that killer crossover and they keep hmm. beating you. You got to figure out a way to stop them. Um, or again, you know, hey, if, if it's tennis, it's, you know, somebody's smashing that, you know, smashing a shot down the line, you got to get there and return that ball and get yourself back into position. It's about that, that competition to me that that's what's interesting. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. So obviously the London series was last year and it would have been this year if it wasn't for the coronavirus and you know everything. And that helps boost, you know, baseball's popularity over here a little bit. And it kind of showed you know, our true colors of how many fans and, you know, players that actually are here. Mm. What do you think, you know, is the next, you know, step we could take as, you know, fans, players, coaches in this country to make the popularity grow even more than it has in the past, you know, decade or two? Well, I think a couple of things. I mean, I think, you know, A, getting the grassroots going, like getting, you know, you get, you get communities, you get kids playing, you get communities playing, you get baseball going in schools, that get that develops the understanding of the game, right? And then the more uh, the thing the thing that's amazing about our game is the more you understand it, the more fun it is to watch, and be a part of, right? So if we can get that that's grassroots right. thing going, that helps a lot. <clears throat> you know, I think I think making more of a spectacle of some of our you know of some of our bigger bigger games. So I mean, hey, the the British the BBF had the Open tournament this year. And uh, <clears throat> despite some complaints online about it not the final not being at Farnham Park and 
you know, I saw some comments about how it was so much better back in the old days when a thousand people went down to Brighton and everything else, um, you know, which may well be true. I wasn't here then, but I, I will say this, that the atmosphere in the final at Finsbury Park, um, probably because there are a lot of people who are just starving to get out of their houses um, and it was a nice sunny day, but it was a fantastic atmosphere for a baseball game. It was one of the biggest crowds I've seen and it was a lot of fun. Um, and that was a combination of, you know, of, of you know, the, the people involved in organizing it, putting on a good event and then good caliber baseball happening, right? So, yeah. you know, I think, it, I think if we did a better job of, of making a spectacle out yeah. of some of our bigger games, whether that's, a, whether that's the, the BBL finals up north mm -hmm. or, you know, Scottish championship, um, you know, which hopefully Rand will be playing in for, for many, many seasons. Um, or, or yeah, there you go. Or, or whether that's a BBF championship, you know, I think, I think that stuff helps. Like, I, I love the fact that for the last couple of years, the, the BBF has, has televised or, or not televised, but put, you know, put our, our final games on YouTube, you know, yeah. cause I've sat yeah. there, not only have, have we benefited in terms of playing in a few of them and, and some of our family and friends back home being able to watch, but I get comments from coaches in Europe that I've coached against, you know, from other club teams when we go and travel, um, and, you know, and also, hey, I watched a, a double A and a triple A final, which I, I ordinarily might not have done because it would have been on a weekend when I wasn't at Farnham Park. Mm -hmm. And I got to sit there and, and got to sit there and watch other people who love the game compete and chat in a chat room and, you know, <laughs> talk with other baseball fans. And, you know, all that stuff helps to build it in my book. Yeah. Sure. I um, Just a quick thing there on the, the uh, YouTube games. <laughs> Going back to well, mid-July time when uh, Jonathan Rodriguez, our Lancashire Legends coach, got in touch to talk about playing uh, in the NBL last season. And uh, so I went on YouTube to find out, like, you know, I don't know what, what level of baseball's down. I only played in Scotland before. And uh, it was the final, I don't know if it was last year's final or, or not, but uh, that's where I saw a curveball for the first time in the UK, was watching, oh, watching that video. Wow. So, uh, there you go. And <laughs> it was great. Great to see what I was going to come up against. Remember really, whose it was? <clears throat> I think it might have been Richmond food. Oh, oh. Well, that's just, that's just, that's no, the yeah. worst thing you can see as your first experience for football. <laughs> no, that's a, it, was one of, it was impressive. One, one of those live streams, there's a video of me facing him for the first time and he throws, he throws a slider at my head and then I duck out the way and do like a backwards roll on the floor because I lost my balance. <laughs> but then I got like straight back up and I was too full of adrenaline. I ended up striking out. <laughs> kind of like <laughs> yeah. uh, when Malachi drew... Oh, um, that was swing and a miss, and <laughs> yeah. around so hard, had sat on home plate. That was, yeah, that was yeah, yeah. That was yeah. so good. Not that his was, proudest moment, I'm sure. I mean, it made us laugh. Oh, it's the, it's <laughs> the face he pulled that, uh, when he yeah, was on the plate. He was yeah. just like, oh, oh man. We, we've all been there. I was when yeah. I was in the, oh. playing, playing in the Cape in in Hyannis against a guy who was a lefty throwing ninety six. Um, and, you know, so he's throwing 96 with run coming in on my hands. And I, I think I, I heard the first two strikes. I didn't see him. <laughs> <laughs> and then he threw, and then he threw this slider. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I, I think I broke an ankle, um, you know, just, just, just buckling, you know, buckling left and right. We, we've all been there. Yeah. Definitely. I think all of us have our moment that we remember. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, indeed, and and thankfully we have good teammates who remind us of those moments. Oh yeah, yes, 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 of course. Every somehow remember them no, like years later. <laughs> of course, <laughs> yeah. have to. 
It's like I always remember that I broke up Aiden's no hitter when I was like thirteen. Yeah, that's, <laughs> true. Oh. that's true. And just that Alex was the Alex was the only one. Yeah, oh. nice, nice little line drive up the middle. Yeah, and just remember like when how... I uh, broke Miles' bat twice oh, into a bat? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I was gonna say, and, and it just like uh, I'll never let Alex forget that I beat him on a sacrifice bunt in MLB the show. Oh no! no. Oh. I didn't even. Re- you, you oh. games are like the games are like <laughs> five <laughs> I, I, I didn't even. Excuses. I did not know they were five. Minutes. I was like, "Oh, look, it's fine." And then when it just took out all like the graphics of the game, I was like, "No way, that's rough." It's fine. If we rematch, I will actually smoke you now. I'm oh, that's fine. Is there is there, is there a bet down here, to. or is it just uh, or is I, it just trash I, talk? Matt went o o and five against me. Yeah, let's not talk about me. We're not talking about me right now. We'll, talk we'll about have you. to televise. Yeah, we'll, we'll put that one on your next podcast, the rematch. Oh, yeah. Nice. All right, all right. Put that one on the YouTube channel. Yeah. There there we go. It gets more views. <laughs> yeah, you can't take that L, Deacon. Oh. I, I can't. I sack. Can't. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, yeah, no, it was bad. <laughs> um, Drew, if you could... Uh, uh, obviously, you're an A's fan. If you have anyone's, uh, any A's player from the past or present day now on your senior team GB staff, coaching staff, who would you pick? Ricky Henderson. Good choice, good choice. No yeah. question, right? I mean, you know, that guy had everything. He, you know, he was an amazing defender. But, you know, Ricky, Ricky Henderson is the kind of guy that, you know, he puts pressure on you without the ball even being in play. Right. If he's on base, he's on third before you know it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and not to mention, I, I mean, the, like lead off home, you know, guy could hit a lead off bomb or drop a bunt down or get a walk and one way or another. He's, you know, if, if he if if he makes contact, he's going to score. Um, just love that guy. And just the swagger and the confidence, you know, he was, uh, you know, he's one of those guys that anybody who played with him, they tell you about his presence in the clubhouse. And so, you know, that, that's a guy I'd love to have. Yeah, that that that's a good choice. That's a good answer. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. I mean, it's a tough one. I mean, there's there's some damn good. The A's have a pretty good history and some good players. There are some pretty good guys. I mean, yeah. you could probably split it into pitching and position players. You could still have a handful yeah. of guys to pick from. Yeah, so that's, the thi- uh, that's the thing. Are we talking play players that the A's have used their farm system ability and just you know traded once they got good, or are we saying you know players that played throughout the most of their career yeah, then it's just, a different story. i think it's just any point any any point yeah yeah i mean it was a tough one it would have been it, for me it would have been him or reggie jackson yeah you forget how many sort of legends the a's have had over the years <laughs> yeah, who have then yeah. gone on to play you know different yeah. teams different... yeah there's some been yeah insane players on that team uh following on from that um where do you think the current A's squad ra- uh, ranks against the some of the best uh, A's team over the years? I mean, they're a very, very good baseball team. Um, you know, how do you rank them against the Bash Brothers guys in the 90s, you know, or the, the 70s A's team that won, what, two or three in a row? Um, or you could go all the way back to the kind of the Philadelphia days of Jimmy Fox. Um, you know, the, the, the kind of very early days of the franchise, they were, they were a very, very good squad. So I think, you know, for me, 
it's a tough one because I didn't see the teams in the 70s. Mm. I'm not that old. Um, and I obviously didn't see the, the, the Jimmy Fox days. But, you know, it's, I, I would have to say that, like, all in all, this team probably is not – I would put them behind the A's of the 90s um, because they lack that true ace. You know, the, the 90s yeah. A's, you had Dave Stewart on the mound and you had Dennis Eckersley coming in to close. And, you know, yeah. I, I, think, I think our bullpen right now is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so re- re- I mean, until the playoffs, we fell apart a little bit. But, but you know, but very good bullpen. But what you don't have is that front – that you don't have that front line ace. Um, yeah. And, and, and uh, I think, you know, I, I think I, you could put the offense of the 90s A's against the offense of today's A's. And you could, mm-hmm. you know, there's an argument about which one of those is, is, a, is, is the better side. But, um, but, yeah, you know, Dave Stewart, man, that guy, if you, ever, if you ever get a chance to watch Dave Stewart pitch, you know, in his yeah. prime, you take a look, he was a beast. All right, so Drew, after just saying that, you mentioned that you don't have a frontline ace on the current A's. Mm. Um, is there any uh, any picture if you could take anyone right now, anyone that uh, you would love to see in an A's uniform? I mean, Trevor Bauer, free agent. I mean, Trevor Bauer. Bauer. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I think everyone's like that. Every single team wants him. <laughs> yeah. Interesting character, though. I don't know. Yeah. I've tweeted him a few times. You know, telling me he <laughs> looked good in green and gold. And of course, oh, know, I think the, everybody looks good in green and gold. Damn right. <laughs> I think it, I think it's better on the podcast. Yeah. I think so. And too. then you know, as J Rod, you know, J Rod replied. I uh, thought was a very suitable reply in case Trevor. Well, when Trevor Bauer is listening to this podcast, of course, of um, course. our white cleats make perfect uh, canvases for all of his, you know, cleat designs. That's true. Uh, that is you very know, true. So, and many so many games against the Astros. Many games. Yeah, against exactly. The Astros. Yes. Exactly. But I'll tell you who I really like is Glass now. Oh, yeah. Glass, All right. You know, oh. You know, I, I like, I like Glass now a lot. I'd love to see him, you know, play, play in Oakland one day. Um, and, you know, and, and, and you got to love May. Oh, yeah. Oh, you don't. You don't have to. You don't have to love a Dodger at all. <laughs> well, listen, you do. Listen, you know, listen. When he's in the strike zone, he's unhittable. How are you supposed no. to hit a guy who averages like a 98 mile an hour fastball through yeah. the whole season and then pairs it with a cutter and a disgusting curveball? I think yeah. I'm just uh, I'm just jealous. I've watched too much Johnny Cueto in a, a Giants uniform. I'm too jealous. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, no. Johnny Cueto's a little past his time. <laughs> Still keeping hitters on their toes, though, man. Yeah. yeah. It's, all about, know, the, it's all about the, the funky delivery. The shoulder yeah, yeah. shuffle. Oh, yeah. The little shimmy shimmy. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think uh, we'll move on to the to the quiz. Uh, yeah. Ooh. Okay. High right. high high Let's pressure situation here. Let's do this. All right. Oh. So as I said, you get a home and away question. Uh, yep. Each question, each choice. Uh, so yeah, for number one, do you want home or away? I'll start with home. All right. Uh, Ooh, easy. Who was the last athletics pitcher to throw a perfect game? That's easy. I'm just saying, Last I can day. Ace pitcher to throw a perfect game. I'm going to say none. Nobody's ever thrown a perfect game as an A. Oh, oh no. Total guess. Can I answer? Can I answer? No, you don't get points. <laughs> it was uh, Dallas Braden. Of course. On Mother's Day. Yeah. Oh, terrible. There you go. Got it. Terrible. Matt knows right, that one I, off by Did heart. I get half a point for knowing it was on Mother's Day or no? Nah. Yeah. 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 <laughs> A's fan, you gotta get the point. You get the full. Point. Oh yeah, it was it was a home question. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, net, number two, home or away? Away, go for it. Uh, whose retired number is number 14 for the Cubs? 14. Ernie Banks? Yeah, that's right. What a guess. Go. Good answer. Good answer. Good player as well. Good answer. Unfortunately, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Don't even. I just keep thinking about those like funny answers. <laughs> that was one. That was that was one who was like a uh, name a boy's name beginning with an H, and the oh, guy goes Jose. Jose. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely an American saying that. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> I uh, no, number three, home or away. I'll go away again. Why not? Uh, who won the NL MVP in 2015? 2015 NL MVP? Is that Chris Bryant? Nope. No. No, it was Bryce Harper. Harper. Okay. Bryant was 16, wasn't he? I think yep. so. I think yeah, so, yeah. He was 16. Same year as they won the World Series. Yeah. Yeah. Makes uh, sense. Yeah. Makes sense. All right. No, number four, home or away? We'll go home. Alright, uh, who was the Oakland A's runner that was tagged out of the plate from Derek Jeter's famous foot play in the ALDS? That's cruel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which one? The younger one. Which was is? Jeremy Giambi. Boys, now, see, that's the tricky oh, one. Do we, do we give it to him? I, I feel like we can give him half a point for that because it was Jason Giambi. It was Jason. Okay. Yeah. I feel like half a point. It was Jason. But he did get uh, Giambi. Yeah, so I think so we should I think we should just give him the four. I think we should just that give was, him the four. Yeah. Give him the benefit of the doubt. Give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Basically if your last name's Giambi, the A's hate you. <laughs> yeah, we <were> <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We were uh, talking about this earlier so Deacon asked us all the questions and we were saying, You realize he ran through a stop sign and was like thrown out with with no slide at the plate. <laughs> All they had to do was slack. Oh, yeah. All they had to do was slack. Worst part about that, guys, I was I was in my early twenties. I was living in New York, working in advertising for the first time in my life, making decent money. And I took all of my colleagues out to the sports bar near the office oh, in oh, New I made York. Him watch that. Watch that in New York. Oh, and I was just giving I was giving it all oh, game, all oh. game uh, buying drinks and everything. And when that play happened, like the whole bar turned to me. It was like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> Look, made I you don't play. watch the tragedy. I, I hate that play. And every time it comes on MLB TV during the break, it, yeah. I'm just like, uh, it's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, number five, would you want Homer away? We'll go away. What city were the Giants originally from? New York. Yeah, that's true. That was, that was probably quite an easy one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would have been even easier if it was the home ones. one because it was <laughs> it was the one for, uh, where the A's are originally from. And I mean, you, right. already, oh. you already mentioned. Uh, you already mentioned. So I get, I get a point for that because I already said it. I said it earlier. <laughs> hmm. Oh, do we? Oh. <laughs> oh. I don't know. Hidden, hidden question. We'll, we'll 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 see we'll see what the tally is at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if it's twenty. <laughs> <laughs> I right, uh, number six, home or away. Gotta got go away. They're worth more points, man. Let's go. Uh, which Reds player ran at the Pirates dugout to fight them last season? Oh man, what's his name? Oh, I got it. Yeah, I think Garrett. Both. There it is. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Amir Garrett. 
Yeah. Yep. That is that is correct. They're literally, the definition uh, of a fighter. Yeah, man. Yeah, that was it. that was insane. <laughs> <laughs> taking uh, a taking on a twenty five man roster by itself is pre- <laughs> pretty gutsy. He didn't even yeah. do bad. <laughs> yeah, it helps when I, you know you got Yasiel Puig and in, in right oh, to come. Yeah. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, all right, number seven. Uh, what do you want? We'll go home. Um, what is the name of the movie that tells the story of the A's 2002 season? Uh, Moneyball. Everybody likes that movie. It's a great movie. I could have been. I could have been in that movie. Oh, really? No way. I interviewed with Billy Bean for that job. You know the the Jonah Hill character. Yeah. No yeah. way. No Whoa. no telling of no telling of it a lie. So Sa- Sandy Alderson, so who who Sandy Alderson, who was the GM of the A's before Billy Bean was a Dartmouth guy. So I contacted him after uni and was like, I want to try to find a job in baseball, et cetera, et cetera. And he was always willing to help out anybody that went to Dartmouth. You know, again, family, right? Connecting it all up. Mm-hmm. And so he so one day I just got this phone call from a guy named Paul De Podesta, who was Billy Bean's number two. And, uh, you know, basically cut a long story short, they were like, well, you know, we're trying to change the way that people look at things. And we need, uh, you, know, we, you know, you went to Ivy League school, so we need someone who knows baseball and is hopefully kind of smart uh, to come in. And so I went in and I interviewed with Billy Bean. We had a, con- a talk about that job and everything. And and they they called me up and, uh, and uh, you know, basically pretty much offered it to me and I turned it down. Um, and about five years later, I was working in advertising and, and a colleague of mine, she said, oh, you like baseball, don't you? I said, yeah. She said, I just read this book. It's really, really good. You should check it out. So she gives me this book and I go home and I'm reading it. And I'm like, <laughs> oh no, idiot. I, I turned that, I turned that, I turned down a job to work, to work for Billy Bean, to be the, the guy on the computer who knew this, who knew the stats. Mm-hmm. Wow. But you never know. Maybe you'd, uh, you know, if you'd have taken that job, you'd have never been head coach GB. So, I wouldn't have met the person who I had a child with and brought oh, me to yeah. brought me to England. So I definitely would not be here. Yeah. Exactly. But, you know, hey, there you feel, go. Like, happened for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Number number eight. Uh, home or away? I'll go. Let's see. Wait. Eight. We'll go away. Uh, which baseball player said, "Today I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth." That would be Mr. Lou Gehrig. Nice. I think any baseball fan can hear the echo, you know, yeah. the mm. mic going around Yankee Stadium. Or was it Yankee Stadium? No, no. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, Yankee, Stadium. It was. It was Yankee Stadium. Yeah. Not Polo Grounds or anything. No. <laughs> Only uh, a Red Sox fan could get away with not knowing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Just cut, you know, <laughs> let me off on that one. Help, out, helping you out, kid. Helping yeah. you out. Helping <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, number nine. Uh, what, what do you want, home or We'll go. Wait. What? How many points do I have? You have. You have ten. Ten. Ooh. I'll go home. To the nearest thousand, how many fans can the Oakland Coliseum hold? I'll give you a thousand either side. Fifty-eight. Huh? Sorry. Fifty-eight thousand. No, it was forty-six thousand. Forty-six. Okay, I knew it was big. I just couldn't remember. Yeah. Mm. Oh well. Not not quite that big. I think it's just because they block out all the seats with the with the. They top. took some out too. They took some out. Uh, oh right. 
Oh, fair enough. It was a little bit bigger back in the day. Not not that it was fifty eight thousand, but I, yeah, it's probably why I remember it being a little bit bigger. Mm. All right. Uh, what uh, what do you want for number ten then? Well, gotta go away since I lost that one, man. <laughs> All right, which, <laughs> gotta make up some points. Which yeah. pitcher is nicknamed Thor? Syndergaard. Nice. Easy, correct. Done. It's a good I one. I should have just gone nice. away for all of them myself. <laughs> probably. <laughs> <laughs> they they were questions that if you follow baseball, you should probably know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So. Wow. We'll just make them harder for the next Ouch. person you interview since I only got of course, twelve. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Definitely. Was it twelve or was it more? Nope. Twelve. Twelve. Well, oh well. Uh, I, think right. it, I mean, I think it was fourteen because I answered the Philadelphia question correctly earlier oh, in the interview. Yeah, we, we gotta, oh. we gotta do, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe a thirty. What are we maybe. saying? Maybe, maybe at, maybe <laughs> yeah. at twelve point two. There we go. Twelve point two. Yeah. I'll take a, I'll take a point two, whatever it takes. I'll take man. a point two. As long as I get more than J Rod. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I'll just make all the questions about teams he doesn't know then. <laughs> Nothing about the Angels or the Yankees. There we make go. It about, uh, make it about the KBO or something. <laughs> He'll probably know those two. No yeah, somehow. Yeah, 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 somehow. Definitely. Um, all right, Drew, just before we let you go, can we just get a final a final take here? Um, I've got one more quick fire question just to wrap it go all up. It. Go for it. So NLCS game seven this evening. Um, who do you got? Braves, Dodgers. Who do I think is going to win or who do I want to win? Oh, oh, we can have both. We can have both. I think the Dodgers will take it, but I would like the Braves to win. All right, we're the same Ooh. now. That's okay. Uh, yeah, I gotta disagree. I, I gotta see disagree. the Braves. Yeah, I see the Braves. No. Well, you, Deacon, you're disagree? No, I'm disagreeing with one of them. I'm saying Dodgers are gonna win, and they should win. Well, no, <laughs> well, that's Jesus. Just, that's obviously just false. you're gonna say that though. They deserve it. They had the best record this season. Which you can find out about if you read my blog post about the Dodgers season. Oh, oh self ducks across there the board. There, 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 there we go. <laughs> I mean, that is the website you should be checking out your information at anyway. Yes, right. please there do. There yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, well, thank you, Drew. Well, hang on, man. I got one. I got one thing oh, okay. to say because he's the coach. The uh, the email I told you guys about earlier, or a few weeks ago. Um, mm-hmm. A few weeks ago, I got an email from MLB making me eligible to sign up for the next signing period. Amazing, man. Amazing. Thought I thought, thought I'd let you know as the, uh, as you're my coach. So that's awesome, man. First of all, congratulations. Well, thank and, you. Uh, you know, that's, that's, that's dope. And for me, I mean, and I've seen how hard you work over the years and how much it means to you, man. So I'm really, pr- I'm really proud of you and I'm really pleased for you. And, uh, you know, I hope that not only will you make the most of this opportunity, but use it to inspire others, man, because that's what you do. Well. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off, Matt. No, I, I think I, I think Drew speaks for us all when he says congratulations. Yeah. And I, I guess thank I guess you. now we can say we have a prospect on the podcast. There yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. That's why you want. If that's the way you want to look at it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the way well, I see it, there's four. Oh, nice. Hey, there you go. Very nice. Very kind of you. (laughs) As I said earlier, thanks, Drew. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, Yeah, appreciate it, guys. It's been a lot of fun. Great. And and good luck with this, man. I look forward to, uh, you know, coming back on on like your thousandth one when there's a a few million fans. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Hey, maybe you'll still be on the uh, leaderboard for the points. You never know. You never know. 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 With with 14.2 points, I definitely should be up there. 
Nice. Hey, you're top of the leaderboard in the stands. Yeah, (laughs) right now, as we speak, you are the leader on this board. Got to stay. There you go. Let's go. You said you wanted to win. You're winning. (laughs) Win the first game of the year. That's what they always say, right? There you go. Get off the good start. All right, guys. All right. Well, uh, thank you. Thanks again. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. All right. No problem. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys, for watching uh, slash listening to our first podcast. You know, that was a great thing from Drew. What do you guys think? I thought it was great. I don't think we could have uh, hoped for a better first first podcast, really. Yeah, it was I, good. I think any conversation with Drew is, you know, something to keep hold of. There's always, you know, gems every single time. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It's great to have him it's, on. It's uh, pretty amazing. The, the, I mean, still can't surprise me in there. It's also the, the way he tells it is, yeah, you, you find yourself wanting him to keep going. But uh, no, yeah. that, was, that was great fun. And, and thanks. Congratulations, Aiden. And, uh, and thanks, well, well, thanks, Matt, again thank for you. setting it all up. Yeah, I, well, um, it was great. Yeah. And, but just, just to finish it off, um, Deacon, yeah. the Dodgers are going to lose tonight. No, they're not. They're not going to lose. They're not going to lose. Are. I'm just saying, Ozuna, Ozuna, Freeman are going to both hit bombs. Yeah, right. Yeah, and and you cannot take an L to Drew next time you play him on LLB the show. Oh no, that's you not cannot lose to a sacrifice button. That is not going to happen. That is not going to happen. See, Deacon, I kept it quiet that I'm two and against you. Yeah, because I disconnected twice. I outscored him eight runs to zero in three innings in two but games because I disconnected. Just because the Wi-Fi is doo-doo does not mean... Yeah. Look at the win-loss. It's working now. It's working now. Let's go. Oh, I, it work I'm not, I can't yeah, play um, anymore, man. Well, it, Deacon, Deacon said, you know, Deacon said I'm 0-5 against him. That's because of disconnections. It, I definitely haven't been mercy ruled by him three times. <laughs> no. <laughs> nope, that, no. that hasn't happened. Has it? Like, let's be honest, Deacon. Come on, you've got to be honest. Has it happened? I I don't know I can't remember. Yeah, know. exactly. Can't That's remember. just in a dark part of my dark part of my brain. I just try to forget that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll pay you the ten pound later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just send it over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, as as always, it's a pleasure, guys. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Don't, always don't re- a pleasure. If you're watching, remember to go check out the website and uh, follow us on all the social medias. You'll find down there linked. Yeah, uh, to YouTube www.ducksacrossthepond.co.uk You can check check out out all the blogs. We'll be coming out with more content uh, uh, pretty much. We've got a few bits winning in the wings and more podcasts on the way soon. And if you're uh, watching on YouTube, subscribe, post notifications and let us know what you want to see. We'll We'll be sure to get it out. All right, boys. Awesome. Well, it was uh, for watching. It was good. Yeah. Well, thank you.